Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly. It is Wednesday night, and we are talking 49er baseball live from the haze. This is Nick. I'm joined, as always, by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Producer Brad's over there making it all happen. Hey, hey. He's even got a microphone this week. All right, folks, uh, we're going to jump right in here. But as a reminder, before we get started, feel free to jump in on the chat on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter. Questions, comments, feel free to chime in. Heck, we'll do shout-outs. So let us know. Big week stuff going on. Uh, Kevin, why don't we jump right in with with our weekly reminders? All right, yeah, it's getting close. Uh, this week, Friday night, playing uptown at uh, Truist Field. Field or Truist Park? Truist, where the Knights play. <laughs> I know the Braves play at one and the um and the Knights play at another, so one of the truest. But the one the Knights play at. We're playing there Friday. Uh go get your tickets to that game through the Knights website. Uh we're also playing uh, Davidson there on the twenty third. Go ahead and get your tickets for that. Uh playing the Atrium Health Ballpark against Campbell on the twenty second. Um tickets are on sale for that. Go to the Cannonballers website. And um if you want to come to the Hayes. Single-game tickets are on sale. And you do want to come to the Hayes. Ten-game uh, flex packages are on sale. So just go to charlotte49ers.com, get your tickets, and come see these guys play. All right. So it, it, about Friday night, the, the earlier this week, the weather forecast for Friday night did not look good. It now looks much better. So Friday night's looking good. Saturday is a whole different story. But Friday night looks like we're going to be ready for some baseball in Uptown Charlotte. So – Big, beautiful back. It's 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 like I don't know. It's probably the second best backdrop for a baseball stadium, you know, in the city of Charlotte. I would say. <laughs> so be ready, get out there, folks, and uh, and get ready to cheer on the Niners against uh, who are we playing? Who are we playing on Friday? Appalachian State. Never heard of them. All right, so uh, <laughs> only slightly kidding. All right, we're gonna go with our player guest here. Uh, We've gotten a lot of positive feedback. We appreciate all the great comments you guys have, have given us about uh, the player segment here. We love getting these guys in front of you. Uh, so we're trying to rotate a new player in every week. Uh, and this week, we are excited to be joined by a graduate transfer from all the way from Hampstead, North Carolina, first baseman, Josh Madol. What's up, Josh? What's going on, guys? How are we doing? Thanks for having me. Are, are, you, are you excited about this? I am, yeah. Is it a little nerve-wracking a little bit? Uh, slightly. Okay. How I'll, many people did you tell that you were going to be on tonight? Uh, I told my family. You tell your family. Yeah, okay. A couple so, friends. So, see, our viewership's going up as we speak, Kevin. That's right. That's how you do it. <laughs> All right. So let's just talk a little. Let's just talk a little baseball, Josh. Let's talk about kind of your path and your journey. Um, you you went Topsville High School, uh, mm-hmm. coming out of there. So. Um, I gotta ask you, you. You grew up there. You grew up next in the at the at the beach. Uh, I'm actually from Southern California. Okay, born see, born and raised there at Irvine, California. Irvine. All right, so there you go. How did you? How do you get from Irvine, California to Topsail High School? What's so, uh, my dad's a PT. Um, knew a guy that started a business out here, uh, in really in Jacksonville area, which is pretty close to mm-hmm. Wilmington. So, uh, I mean, he got a job. God, he felt like God was calling him to go there. So, packed up, moved across the country, drove across the country. That was fun. Um, like U-Haul? Yeah, basically. Uh, we had truck behind us, packed up in the Suburban, and drove across the country. I thought it was a vacation for a hot sec. And then when we showed up in North Carolina, we realized, oh, we're staying here. So, it's well, fun stuff. What's that, like two days, three days? 
I mean, I, I think we stretched it out to a week. It, it was a good time. We stopped at the Grand Canyon, all, all the major stops. That's a good trip. Yeah, so it, it was a ton of fun. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, so then, you know, grew up in the Hampstead area, went to Topsail High School, and here I am now. Okay, so so you were a SoCal guy, and then you get here to the East Coast, and, and, and you're still a coastal guy yep. here. So is that... Wilmington's not exactly SoCal, so culture shock or a lot of culture shock, <laughs> a lot of forest, a lot of trees compared to a concrete jungle. So it took a couple years, but I actually really enjoy it. So I like North Carolina. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So you uh, you finish out your high school career there at, at Topsail, mm-hmm. um, playing playing baseball there, and you wind up going to UNCG. Yep. So tell us a little bit about that, about that process and, and you know, what that was like coming out of high school, the recruitment process and, you know, your your decision to go to UNC Greensboro and, um, you know, just, just kind of walk us through that. All right. Um, I mean, obviously, high school, you, you got the dream to play at a Division One level and mm-hmm. I was uh, fortunate enough to get that opportunity at Greensboro and I felt like... I was in a good position, and God called me to go there. So I, I took that opportunity, spent four pretty good years there, um, very blessed to play four years there. And then um, it was just it was time for me to further my education and as well as further my baseball career, and I felt that I'd, I'd played my time at Greensboro, and it was time to move on. Now, you bring up something. We, we always get around to this, but you brought up education because we always try to, to highlight you guys because you are student athletes. So so what did you what, what did you study while at Greensboro? I studied kinesiology. Okay, so um, kinesiology, and you're continuing that on here at, yeah. at mm-hmm. Charlotte. I'm getting my uh, master's in the kinesiology program here. Okay. Um, so... The professor's name. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy. Oh, geez. Got throughout the first pitch on Friday. Did Did you know him? That was was dressed out in the. I did not. No. Okay. No. He's a kinesiology professor. I'll effort that. I'm, I messed up. Yeah. We tweeted pictures of that. He yeah. was dressed out in the old school uniform. He's a big baseball collector. Bartow, Professor Bartow. There you go. That was impressive. The whole outfit. Yeah, he's 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 in the kinesiology department. Is he okay? Uh, I haven't had him yet. So. And he, you probably and he teaches the history of baseball class here. Professor oh, really? Bartow does. Okay. Um, and he threw from the mound. You noticed that. I did. Some people don't throw from the mound. Most, <laughs> most people don't throw from the mound, and there's a reason for that. And we demonstrated that reason. <laughs> you guys uh, did great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we 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 found some leather. That's all we're saying. Okay. So. You 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 said uh, that you felt like it was time to to kind of you know stretch out and, and expand your horizons and you wind up here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. How does how does Josh Madol? He's he's wrapping up his degree at UNC Greensboro. He's played played varsity or played played uh, D one baseball in, in Greensboro for four years. How does he wind up in Charlotte playing playing as a grad transfer? How does that happen? I mean, it's really just a credit to the coaches uh, here for giving me that opportunity. The transfer portal is definitely a new experience for me, um, as I is probably for a lot of guys. Yeah, everybody, right? Yeah, with the COVID year and everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, once you put your name in the portal, you're kind of putting yourself out there. You reach out to people that you know and the connections that you've built. And uh, lucky for me, when we played Charlotte the past year, 
I actually got to talk to Coach Bick a lot on first base. At first base, yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, he gave me a call, and I immediately I remembered who he was, and uh, things kind of just clicked, and I went on a visit here, and from the moment I stepped on campus, I knew that this is where I wanted to come. We we asked Austin Knight. He was he was in the portal also, mm-hmm. uh, so he was recruited twice. We asked him which was more nerve-wracking, the recruiting process at a high school student or the recruiting process as a transfer portal student? Mm, that's tough. Well, he, he was recruited during COVID, so there was no yeah. visits or anything. Yeah, I'm sure that's a little difficult. Well, lucky for me, I had visits, but I'd probably say high school was a lot more nerve-wracking just because I was young and had a lot of nerves. But this time around, I kind of felt like I proved myself and that I could play at the Division One level. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was just kind of looking for the right fit for me. As, and you, you were a four-year starter at Greensboro. Um, what's that like coming into a locker room full of a lot of young, younger? I guess you're the veteran, one of the veteran position players on the team. Yeah. What's that like coming into a locker room and kind of being a one of the guys that people look up to yeah. immediately? It's, I'm gonna be honest. It was weird at first because I mean, obviously, I am older, but like the younger guys know how everything works here and how everything clicks. So at first, you just gotta take a step back listen as much as you can, kind of learn how the flow of things go and kind of move on from there. You're a veteran and a rookie all at the exactly. same time. Exactly. Yeah, it's weird. So that's that's a different deal. So, you know, as you as you transition in here and and you're getting over all of that new guy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But um I think I feel like it's safe to say I, I mean um my observation is, is is you've been able to to not only come in here and kind of you know establish yourself on the team, but I mean, it really looks like you're one of the leaders out there. I mean, do you, do you think that's fair? I mean, that's up to the guys, not to me. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not the most vocal guy, but I'd like to say I lead by example. Sure. If I have a leadership role, but sure. I mean, I just try day in and day out, do the right things, and kind of. Let the play speak for itself. Well, and the, the play does speak for itself because you're off to to one heck of a start. Now you missed the first couple weeks of the season, uh, kind of getting o- getting over some uh, some injury issues. Um, but you're back on the field now. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about talk about your your. We call you an on base guy. You you find ways to get on base. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about your plate approach and how you how you develop that and where that comes from because we we have a really we, we talk about this lineup being really patient this year, this, you know, really from top to bottom, but in a patient lineup, you're even one of the more patient guys, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. No, it does. Um, I think it's fair to say, I mean, I have an approach at the plate that has accumulated over the years of many failures along the way and kind of, <laughs> uh, developed into the player that I am. And I have a lot of, uh, coaches and mentors to thank for that. So, I mean, I feel like I've done my best to kind of pick up knowledge from whether it's an older player, a coach, anything like that that I can kind of pick up along the way and kind of figure out the right approach. So that's nice to know you guys think I'm patient. And <laughs> well, look, we just we just report what we see, right, Kevin? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, you got uh, OBP 636 already. 467 average. It's a pretty good start for this weekend. Uh, and we, we saw you quite a bit this fall as well. So we've, we've seen a little bit. Yeah. Uh, 
But, Hopefully uh, more to come, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're excited to see more to come offensively and on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Friday night at your first start as a 49er, you made one of the biggest plays of the game, really, I think. Uh, I guess it was seventh inning. Seventh inning, yeah. Seventh inning. We had a mm-hmm. one-run lead, bases loaded, infield in. Ball's hit to your right, I guess, mm-hmm. glove side, and you yep. make make a heck of a play. Uh, you moved, I don't know, you're somewhere between first and second. Pivot, make the throw home, throw home, throw a strike to home plate, get yeah. that out. <laughs> um, preserve the one-run lead uh, for us. Uh, talk about that play a little bit and, and kind of your defensive approach, I guess you'd say. Uh, that play, I mean, that's not really – all on me. The Coleman made a nice pitch. Got the guy to do exactly what we wanted. Coaches put us in infield in, put us in a spot to make a play. So I was just happy, happy I executed. Well, you definitely executed. That was a <laughs> yes, that sir. Was a perfect strike to the plate, and it was crucial at the time. And he kind of happened quickly, so quickly that I was like, wow. We were kind of expecting to play at first, but you got to it and made a play at home. I, I really did. I thought you were. I thought you were getting ready to. We were basically going to concede and and go for first base and get the out, and then figure it out after that. Yeah. Uh, you were thinking home plate the whole time, the whole time, yeah. weren't you? When coach called us in, you're like, oh, we're going home yeah, the whole time, going. man. And that because you know we're sitting in the stands. We're well, okay. I'm a novice. Kevin's not. Whatever's above novice, you're that barely above novice. Barely above novice. Experienced. Uh, He's, he's experienced. Uh, as we've documented, we, it's well documented on this show that Kevin's baseball career lasted way longer than mine. Um, I was thinking, you're going to first. And then when you reared back, I'm like, wait a minute, what's he? And then I realized, like, holy crap. And you just made you made a fantastic throw. I mean, it was. Uh, I appreciate that. That was that was key play. I mean, it ended up being. Yeah, one run, it kept the one run lead. Uh, they ended up tying in that inning, but um, it could have got a lot more. Picked up the second out there, and then uh, we were able to move the infield back and make a play the next the next batter. So, um, yeah, crucial play for the weekend. And then from there, the weekend turned turned uh, violent, I guess you'd say. <laughs> we, we, twenty nine runs in a very next, nice way. Yes, in a yeah. nice way. Good violence. Yeah, uh, twenty nine runs on Saturday, and then um, what sixteen on Sunday. Yeah, Mercy, run ruled them on Sunday. What about um, you, talking about your game? Uh, you had a pretty nice ball yesterday. That was uh, you, you got into that. I, I can't remember what was what the uh, what the stats or the the distance on that one was, but you, you put a pretty good swing on that ball yesterday. That you put out in right field. Um, that. that had to feel good, right? That felt really good. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, that did felt feel really good. So we ask everybody. You, so. Guys are hitting dingers, and you got the golden the golden gloves, right? So it was your first time to get to put the golden gloves on. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty big moment, right? Yeah. I mean, you, did you get your picture made with the golden gloves on, or? Uh, I think it's probably somewhere. Probably somewhere. I'm gonna need to find it, but yeah, that was a that was a special moment. Well, you know, you know what you can do. We were just talking about this before it came on the air, so. Those of you that follow us, you know, we do, you know, we're social media, but we're, we're primarily a, a Twitter platform. I mean, especially during games. Josh is not on Twitter, but we've, we've, you know, I think we, we're maybe talking you into it so that we can, we, we, we I might. Hope, I hope not. I hope not. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, he doesn't have to start, you know, you don't have to start talking about anything you don't want to. That's, mm. that's the thing on, on social media is people don't realize this, but you don't have to 
to comment on things on social media. You don't. <laughs> you can just read things. You can just read. And, and some people don't know that you you can do that. They think they have to comment on everything they read. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> if you get that photo, that could be your first profile pic. It could. Do you <laughs> post pictures on Twitter? Is that, is do that, we? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Pictures, video. I mean, well, to, to start last season, um, you know, we were we were videoing like every A A B and anything that right because there was no video. I just thought that Instagram was the one where you post all the pictures and videos yeah. and that kind of that, stuff. That is that is the the better platform for for photos. Yeah, we we put we put video and pictures on Twitter. It works. It's good. Um, we have Instagram, but Kevin Kevin handles the Instagram. Okay. Well, that whenever we go on the road. You'll see this later in the season. When I go on the road, my, my daughter travels with me a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so I've got a 16-year-old daughter, and she's like our, our Instagram intern. She's an expert. <laughs> yes, she, she helps us out a lot. Yeah, she's a teenage gram. girl. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, do you think she knows anything about social media? Yeah. So, yeah, we do that. Um, the, the only thing, and, and I always remind people this in the show every week, the only thing we don't do is TikTok because no. now. I did just make an Instagram, though. You you're you're on Instagram. Now? I am. Yeah, I follow the Charlotte baseball page. Okay, so we've got to follow Josh mm-hmm. on, on Instagram after this. I don't know. We, we'll we'll have we'll talk afterwards. We'll All see. Right. Maybe Twitter is something. I will say this: Twitter is good for base. There's there's a lot of baseball Twitter, as far as just people out there and and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Coach Simmons is on is on Twitter. I'll think about it. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> Not a very it. social guy, so. Oh, it's. In the end, you're probably better off. But <laughs> hey, if you join Twitter, we'll tag you. All right. So, anyway, another play I wanted to bring up yesterday. I, I'm not going to remember the inning, but you took a you, you took a laser beam over there at first. You guys kind of had the shift on. You were close mm-hmm. to the right field line. Do you, do you remember the play I'm talking about? You you handled like a laser beam shot, and you just made it look so routine. I thought, oh my gosh, that's down the line, and you just you just scooped it up. Do you remember this play? I think so. Yeah, I'm, the guy, I'm, the guy he hit it pretty hard. Yeah. Well, it was a lefty batter. He hit it right oh, down. Yeah, yeah. He hit it I right down the line. About. Hit it yeah. right at you, yeah. and, and and you handled it. Um, not everybody would have handled that, Josh. That was that was that was a that was a good defensive play. It was impressive. I appreciate that. Once again, the coaches are putting me in the right spots. They know the hitters. They do their homework. So that's, that's true. Good, I mean, yeah. the, the the shift did did work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember this. Tell me. Um, how much did how much did you guys shift at UNC Greensboro? I, I don't remember. I know we played them several times, but I don't remember how much you did. That. Um, we did it quite often. Okay. I mean, a lot of people do their homework, but uh, I say we definitely do shifts more to an extreme factor here, and it usually pans out for the better. Okay, so Greensboro, you never, you, you never, we um, never went. What's the furthest? What's the furthest away? There's, here's how I want to word this. What's the furthest away from first base you got shifting at UNC Greensboro versus here? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's more based off the middle guys. Um, second baseman usually would be a couple steps to the right, maybe behind second base. But here we'll send firm all the way over, which. I actually really like because the whole right side of the infield's mine. So anything hit on the so ground, so firm's not in your way. Yeah, right. anything hit on the ground, I can go for. Yeah. yeah. Well, we put heard Woody. He's he's talked about your glove quite a bit on our show. He said 
if he had to, you'd be the only left-handed player he'd put on put on the left side over there. How do you think you'd uh, do playing third base? Put me at shortstop. Shortstop. I'd love to do shortstop. That. Yeah. I think you can handle it after uh, seeing you for a couple for for this past week playing. I think you could definitely handle shortstop. I think so. that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to. Oh. Yeah, I actually grew up playing shortstop until yeah. they told me in high school. Uh, no, lefties, lefties can't play, play there, and I was like, what? Yeah, but yeah. So you got all the way. You, you, what? How old were you? What grade were you in when you made that transition from from shortstop to first? Did you uh, got all the way through high school. Yeah, in high school, I made that transition. Um, our middle school coach actually yelled at me because we were doing double play footwork, and he was like, "Swipe the bag with your right foot," and I'd swipe it with my left foot because everything's opposite. And he yelled at me. He's like, "Why are you swiping with your left foot?" And I was like, "I'm left-handed." And he goes, "Oh." Like, he didn't know that. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, sorry about that. So then they told me I couldn't play in high school, so I went to center field. And then uh, the varsity coach came up to me. He's like, hey, you got a good glove. Come play first base. I was like, all right. I'd played first every now and then because I'd play with my older brother growing up, and he was a better shortstop than I was. So I'd just line up on first base and catch his throws. So I had a little bit of experience. Yeah, most times the lefties either get put at first, mm-hmm. outfield, or yep. pitchers. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, Nick gets mad at me for talking to the guests before the show starts, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll bring back up something we were talking about. Now, look, let me let me just defend myself for you. This okay, folks? I'm I'm on your side because Kevin every week gets the player guest in here before we're on the air and starts talking about some really good stuff. And I'm like, I have to step in. I mean, there was firm. It was terrible, man. You guys had this fantastic conversation that we didn't get any video on, or no audio, nothing. So I'm just trying to protect the the listeners. That's all I'm saying. Well, so go ahead, go ahead. Well, Josh and I were talking about the game in, in Greensboro last year when when mm-hmm. when uh, he was introduced to Jackson Boss. Uh, you want to tell that story a little bit? Yeah. So obviously we played Charlotte last year. <laughs> um, had a pretty good game. It was uh, cold. It was freezing. That's what I remember about that game. Yeah, that cold. was miserable. Um, and I remember coming here, and I met Jackson Boss for the first time, and I was like, introduce myself. Hey, what's going on? He goes, what's going on? I'm Jackson. Pretty sure I hit you last year. <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, true? Yeah. I was like, yes. nice to meet you, man. <laughs> it's funny that you would remember that. It was like, yeah. you know, yeah, I hit you. Where did he hit you at? Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> so it must have not been that bad if you don't remember where you got hit at, right? It was probably so cold and yeah. didn't feel it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was bad. It was cold. It was windy. Yeah. Remember that? It was it was bad. So did you wear a random question? Did you wear 23 at Greensboro? I did not know. I wore number six. Okay. So you're, you're 23 here. Was that just kind of a – was that just happenstance? It's like, okay, that's a number yeah. available. So Coach Woodard told me. 23 is available, and I said, okay, as long as I get a jersey. It's a good number. Uh, my favorite player when I was a kid played first base, and he, number, he had number 23 as well, Don Mattingly. He's yeah. pretty good with the glove and the bat. Just so, a little bit, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hope he'll play like Don Mattingly <laughs> yeah, there with 23. That'd, I, that'd be nice. Yeah. Maybe that's what, what he had in mind. Yeah, well, can't can't help but think of that. So. That's a good point. Well, I had thought of that, but um, you're a Yankees guy. You you and Mark Colon would have thought of that. Right. And Drew. We have some Yankees people hanging around. That's right. Program. Yeah. That's cool. So, all right. So, 
we always we always ask people because we, we did touch on your academics. Mm-hmm. So obviously, um, anytime you're talking to ball players, everybody wants that opportunity to to continue their baseball career beyond the college level. Absolutely. Um, so th- that's why we don't ask you what you want to do after baseball because that's the answer that comes back is want to keep playing baseball. Absolutely. So the way we word it is. After your baseball career, whenever that happens to wind down, what do you see yourself doing? Whether it's whether you're 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 twenty five or forty five, mm-hmm. what do you see yourself doing? Well, I'd like to l- win the lottery. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Well, you know, actually, that's interesting. You bring that up because I've thought about that too. Um, Don't go but, banking on it, though. Well, <laughs> you know. Have you ever bought a lottery ticket? I have not. I have not. No. I've not bought one. I think that's got something to do with why I haven't won. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I, if I <laughs> if I want to win the lottery, I might need to start buying them. So I don't know. I've been thinking about that. So it, it, so your your plan is to to finish playing baseball at some point and then start buying lottery tickets. Yeah, something like that. No, I'd actually. <laughs> 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 no, I, I think I've set myself up pretty nice academically to have a nice career. I'd like to stay in collegiate sports just because, I mean, I have a familiarity with it. Um, and I enjoy it. Like, I love the camaraderie of a team. I love working with the guys. And so I've set myself up to get my master's in kinesiology mm-hmm. and um, hopefully be a strength and conditioning coach at the collegiate level. Okay. That's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um keep you keep you active and keep you in the game and, exactly yeah and uh you know if you win the lottery there's no reason that you have to quit work exactly i mean they say that's one of the worst things you can do is if you win the lottery people just go and quit their job and then that's where their problems start so see you could you could win the you could win the lottery and be a strength coach yeah you might wind part up time. Back, part time travel a lot yeah. you know, <laughs> hey you could wind up on the you could wind up on the show again one day as as strength coach being interviewed i mean that would be cool <laughs> and then we'll have to producer Brad will have to go back and get clips of this and and bring them forward producer Brad mark this mark this tape <laughs> mark this tape so we can find it again all right, so we're, we're gonna let we're gonna let you run, Josh. Uh, you've been very generous with us and your time. Uh, we're thinking, uh, geez, grad school. You've probably got some homework. It's spring break, but yes, I do. That's true. It is spring break, but you, you you're using that to catch up on some stuff. I am. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's that's kind of an interesting thing. Or or, or with and uh, thought about that that angle of it with uh, academically. Um, they offer some of those grad classes during the day, or they tend to be more at night. Uh, they're more at night. More at night. So yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's kind of tough. You got to schedule it around practice and stuff like that. So it's not as easy as undergrad, but you may miss a few classes because of games. And stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as a first year student here and, and a four year transfer, what's uh, what's your living situation like with with who you're living with on, on the team? Uh, I'm living with Will Lancaster. Quentin Martinez and hmm. Tony Rossi. Oh, nice pitchers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How's that going living with pitchers? It makes a very in interesting dynamic as a room. You got so, some lefties in that in that place. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I feel like I know what's going around around the pitchers, and then I get here and I get to hang around the position players. So I just understand what's going on with everybody. Yeah, it's it's kind of unique. You get to see both sides of everything. Exactly. Yeah. Is the grapevine different? 
from the pitchers to the position players? Like, there's different different chatter and different. Um, well, I mean, it's I mean they do different things at different days. So some guy will come home and be like, "Oh, my arm's so sore. We threw a lot today." And I'll be like, "No, yeah, we didn't really throw that much. So <laughs> sorry about it." Well, you've always got somebody to throw your BP, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, no, they don't throw a good BP. Oh. They just throw it hard. Yeah, because they're trying to get people. They're, yeah. they're wired to yeah, get people out. Got too many lefty lefty matchups. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, Josh, we're gonna let you go, man. You've been this, this has been fun. We appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for having um, me. It, it, we'll we'll go. We're gonna switch out. We're gonna get Josh on his way to do his homework. Bring Coach Simmons in here. Um, Producer Brad, I guess we can. You can just uh, sit back and enjoy these words from our sponsors. We are back. Made our little Clark Kent Batman or a Clark Kent Batman, Clark Kent Superman change <laughs> out here. We got Coach Tyler Simmons coming in here. Now, let me, Tyler's going to tell us a story here, but before I do that, I got to get all this out because I wrote it down. This is Tyler Simmons, who is Director of Player Development, Catching Coordinator, and Director of On Campus Recruiting. What's up, Tyler? Thanks, guys, for having me. Does it's, all that fit on a business card? It does not. It does not. But uh, <laughs> you got you to gotta flip it front and back. I, I get the front and front and back. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I've heard you, you do it all here. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd expect you to have a two-sided business card. <laughs> all right. So, Tyler came while we were making the change out. He said, I've got a great story. or I've got, I've got a story about that play that we were discussing with Josh that he made the throw to home plate. So let's lead with that as a segue here. Tyler, what, what happened after Josh made the, the play to home plate? Yeah, so just kind of to set the stage, uh, we've got infield in. Um, ball gets smoked to Josh's glove side, and he makes a really nice kind of turn sliding play and with a, with a turn to the plate. Uh, to finish the inning, delivers a strike to the plate, and he comes in the dugout, and I meet him there by the bench, by the bat rack, as he's getting ready. And I look at him and said, hey, man, that's a heck of a play. Great job. And he looks at me dead in the face and goes, I thought that was routine. And I was like, well, maybe for you. Yeah, I think that was absolutely <laughs> routine. But I said, any of us, I don't I don't know if we have a shot getting there. So just kind of speaks to a testament of to his glove skills. Right. Yeah, he's, uh, he's an elite first baseman. That was kind of our first – glimpse of him in, in game action as far as uh since he's been back and yeah yeah that was anything but routine in my book at least I, I didn't see anything routine about that man it was and getting to see him do it all fall you kind of expect those plays but with with that answer I was like yeah you know you're probably right Josh for you that was a routine play I mean he was almost halfway between first and second yeah I mean he took I mean he it was a step and a crossover and a slide I mean it and then was, turned, it was really and he turned play. his whole body to, to throw it yeah strike to home play yeah and being a being a left-hander you know that's that's not the easiest way to manipulate your body to get the ball to the plate there and the runner was going on the pitch mm-hmm. so um, impressive to get that guy at yeah the, it's the a it's one of those plays you can watch in your head over and over because it's just it was it was a nice play and very smooth 
Absolutely. So let's we're gonna we're gonna talk about kind of the 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 week that was and look forward to the App State series. But we since this is our first time being on here with us, uh, we just want to talk about uh, you know get give folks a chance to to get to know you a little better first. Um, so you're you're a Charlotte guy, um, and and not only not only a Charlotte guy, but really a, a city of Charlotte baseball guy. I mean, you're from a you're from a baseball family, um, playing all your baseball here in the area of Charlotte Christian, and then on to Wingate. Um, then you've been here. You, you've been it's here since six what? Season, yeah. Six season. Six yeah. season. So just just talk a you know talk a little bit about your your baseball life and your your career, and tell us let folks hear who Tyler Simmons <laughs> is a little bit. You know, when uh, Coach Bicknell says it all the time, but I was truly raised on a baseball field. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad played at Liberty University, was a graduate assistant there for one year. And then him him and my mom moved to Charlotte, and he became the head baseball coach at Charlotte Christian. He's been there now for, I think, 32 years, so 30 plus years there. Um, myself, Coach Bicknell, JD Suarez all played from Charlotte. We've also had Reese Hampton and some other guys from, from the Charlotte Christian, um, kind of stock come through here. So, um, getting to grow up around, around him, watching him, watching him coach. I mean, coach Bicknell tells stories all the time of me being a young kid running through the ballpark and, and him saying, man, that kid's never going to have all of his fingers. Cause I would, <laughs> We'd be hanging behind the behind the plate with our fingers through the the chain link <laughs> fence. So um, it's funny to hear those stories, and we just dirt covered faces. Um, and a lot of people don't know, but um, our our house growing up was on the Charlotte Christian campus. Um, it was recently torn down to make parking after my parents moved out, but um, I could throw a baseball from my house to the to the baseball field. Um, so grew up, you know, Saturdays we rode on the Gator with Dad dragging the fields. I learned how to rake a rake a lip of a baseball field before before I could ride a bike. Um, so growing growing up in that type of environment was really fun and um, really fortunate, you know, um, getting to be with be with my dad throughout it all. I mean, I remember in lower school when Charlotte Christian was playing on the road, he would get me out of school and I'm an eight year old kid sitting in the backstop running the radar gun. I remember Daniel. I remember, like it, I remember this story like it was yesterday. Um, Daniel Bard, who uh, went on to play at Carolina and now plays for the Rockies, um, is on the bump, and I'm I'm working the radar gun, and uh, we're we're at Charlotte Christian, and Daniel's pitching, and I'm this little bitty kid with the old massive radar <laughs> gun, and I've got probably twenty plus major league and college scouts behind me, and I'm just sitting there with the radar gun, and I'm I would char- he would boom. 92, and I would chart it. And some pro scouts would tap me on the shoulder, but hey, what did you get on that one? And I would turn around and show them the radar gun. They'd be, okay, I just want to want to make sure we're getting the right thing. So I remember that. I remember that like it was yesterday. I remember getting out of class, and my student, my uh, classmates would be jealous, and I'm getting out of class at two o'clock to load the bus with these high school kids to drive to drive across country to to Ravenscroft or or um, Wesleyan or wherever to go to a baseball game. And then um, when the state championships would roll around, you know, we'd get out of class for like three days to go to go watch the team play in the championship. And we grew up as the bat boys, and then we moved on to the radar guns and then ultimately moved on to playing for him, which is a special opportunity. Got to, uh, got to play for him my uh, two years on varsity. And then my last year on varsity, my middle brother, Matt, 
who uh, played at Gardner Webb. We were on the same team together, so that's that's pretty special. And then um, now um, it was March third. You know, I took JT, who's our, our newest addition to the family, took him back to a Charlotte Christian game, um, and uh, my dad gave him the the Simmons family baseball baptism, which is where he takes the grandson to the plate meeting with him. He's done it with all the grandsons, so this time and granddaughters. He's got one granddaughter and uh, three grandsons, and this time it was JT's. And we got, one of the players sent me a um, a picture, and Coach Monty put in our group chat of um, no context college baseball. Took the picture and tweeted it out, so we kind of went viral <laughs> there for for a few days, which is pretty funny. But you know, growing up in the Charlotte area, baseball is a very strong tradition in the mm-hmm. area. Um, went on to play at Wingate University, which is not too far outside of Charlotte. Um, played five years there, was registered in my first year. You know, we, we had some success there. Um, they recently just won national championship. Coach Gregory there has done a tremendous job with the program. He's still one of my one of my biggest mentors now. Uh, we keep we keep in touch, and, and he's a close friend to myself and my family. And then getting the opportunity to come back to here. Um, as the volunteer assistant, and now as the long titles, you you list it off. But um, <laughs> it's uh, it's special getting to live. I live in Matthews now. I live five minutes from Charlotte Christian. I live five minutes from from my parents' neighborhood. You know, I live twenty minutes from my brother, and then my youngest brother lives in Raleigh. So um, Christmases and holidays are very easy. Everyone just kind of comes into Charlotte, and we get to hang out. But Getting to grow up in the Charlotte area, reading about Coach Woodard. Um, coach Woodard actually coached. Uh, he actually was the pitching coach at Country Day when I was at Charlotte Christian. He called pitches against me before before he left there, um, which is actually pretty neat. We talk we talk about that quite a bit. Actually, came up today during BP how um, I had one side of the field and that was all pull. We were doing a get me over rounded BP today, and I said. Yeah, I was 100% like a left-handed 10. Just put everyone on that side of the field. That was – that was the get-me-over round was my favorite round because that was really all I could do was pull the baseball. But getting the opportunity to be, be sitting in this chair tonight with you guys, coaching coaching at Charlotte, you know, it's, it's a true blessing. You've really uh, – I mean, you continue to – I mean, it's, it's not just you. Like you said, it's your family. I mean, it's a baseball life. It is. It is, you know, and – um, now having a son of my own, you know, he comes to the ball games. You know, all the guys, they get to interact with him. They um, Celeste and JT, they made it. They made the trip down to South Florida. So um, I had JT down in the team meeting room one night where the mm-hmm. uh, while the guys are doing some treatments and we're just hanging out. They're they're making funny faces at him. It's it's pretty funny to see these these tough grown men turn into just cups of soup around these babies and it's goo goo eyes and they're making funny faces doing everything they can to get them to grin and laugh and and that's a special moment when you're sitting in there and you've got will butcher and you've got aj wilson (laughs) and you've got caden hops and all these guys who are these tough young men when they're on the baseball field and they're just like they're just melting at the side of this little baby it's it's pretty neat that's that's awesome. He, JT, uh, came by the uh, the uh, the tailgate uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay, he was, he was showing off his baseball onesie. Yeah, yeah. And it re- that was a big hit. <laughs> that was a big hit. It was serious. I mean, it was like that's that's 
that that that's a baseball outfit. Yeah, Celeste Celeste does a great job with it, with the game day with the game day outfit rotations. Well, and and to that, and uh, you know, she's gonna think we're sucking up to her, but I mean, your wife Celeste, she's she's a baseball wife. Yeah, she's a rock I star. Mean, she's yeah. she's. She's, she gets it. Yeah, it's it's not easy to be a baseball wife, especially when the spring rolls around, you know. It's leave the house at 7 a.m., and it's not coming home till 9 p.m., and dinner's at 9. So the spring is not easy, but we've been together since since high school. You know, she we were together all through college baseball, and then um, she was – she was with me early in my career, and um, she she understands it and she gets it. And um, when you're when you're a baseball coach, and that's that's the biggest one of the biggest keys to success is having a wife that understands it and and is in in the dugout with you, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So, um, talk a little bit about your uh, your just briefly your your playing career. So you you played collegiately at Wingate. Um, Talk a little bit about uh, br- break down Tyler Simmons's college baseball career. It's let's, it's certainly nothing happen. to brag about, that's for sure. <laughs> but you know, I was I was fortunate to play at um, like I said, Wingate University, and I played with some really outstanding guys. You know, a lot of them. I think I had twelve guys in my wedding, and every single one of them were Wingate baseball alums. They're my closest friends. A lot of them living here in Charlotte or the surrounding areas now, but. Um, Went to Winget as a catcher. Um, got redshirted my freshman year. Um, basically, just wasn't good enough, you know, and um, wasn't wasn't where I needed to be. Um, fortunately, Coach Gregory um, must have saw some value in me versus because he redshirted me versus cutting ties, which he, he could have easily done. But you know, he always believed in me, and um, I think that's kind of helped me to be who I am today. You know, especially coaching these guys. Um, even if a guy has a bad year, a bad day, a bad whatever, you know, there, there's something of value there, um, uh, with those guys. And, um, but went on to play was, I caught, uh, for three years in my last year, I played first, uh, we won, won a conference regular season, won a conference tournament, um, played in a regional, um, but, uh, it's, it's certainly nothing to brag about. I think, I, I think I maybe had one year where I hit over 300. So I think that was my last year was, was probably my best year. I, I think I maybe had five home runs, but, um, every, every year was fun. And, and some of my strongest friendships come from that. Um, it's something we talk about today with the guys. When, when you think about your past playing career, you know, you don't think about the games. You don't really think about the practices. You think about sitting in the dorm room after, after, after a practice or a game or going out to dinner and just really kind of like what Madoli um, alluded to was the camaraderie you have with those guys. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what you miss the most. And I'm um, very fortunate to um, create some very strong relationships there and um, have carried into some of my best friends today. So you're, you're it would be impossible to, um, to overstate your, the importance of your role here with the staff because you do, do so many different things, um, but you, you know, what I think people don't um, necessarily always know about the coaching profession is just how people, um, how you have to sort of get in at the bottom and, and work your way up. And and you came here as a as a volunteer assistant, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, w- whenever. Um, 
doesn't matter who you're talking to. The one thing that always comes up when when people talk about you is is your work ethic and and, and you're a grinder. Um, I remember when when Coach Woodard was talking to us, Kevin, about putting together his staff. I think he he called you. He did, he and did, yeah. and you answered, and and you were on the field. Yeah, I was, and it was like nine. It was like nine nine thirty at night or something like that. Working at camp, yeah, working at camp. It was the uh, the last game. The last game was, and it was in the middle of the last game. I think we had some weather delays, so everything got pushed back that day or um, whatever. But uh, he did. He called me and um, he asked me what I was doing. I was like, I'm working working team camp out here. Now. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to misstep or misspeak here. But at that particular time, you're getting that phone call. I mean, you're, you're kind of hanging out there, right? I mean, you're, yeah, you're, you. Well, I don't know what I was saying. You don't have a job. You're, you're, you're working camp, but you're like, well, I don't really know what, what's happening after this. Right. There's a lot of things kind of in limbo at that time. And your phone rings, and it's Woody, mm-hmm. and it goes from there. Yeah. Yeah, it does, and and now you have a two sided business card. <laughs> <laughs> it does, it does, you know, and um, it, it's pretty funny how how fast things can change. Coach, you um, you work a lot with the catchers here. Mm-hmm. Um, we got we have uh, four young young catchers on the roster this year. Um, a lot of promise with with all four uh, that we've seen through the fall and through the young season this spring. Talk a little bit about. Um, Working with those guys every day, and and what you see um, from your point of view. You know the 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 catching position is a special position because it you can't have all your screws loose to be or screws tightened to be a catcher. You I was gotta, just thinking you you've got to be a yeah, little crazy. You, you've got to have there. a few screws loose um, <laughs> because not too many guys want to sign up for the position where you are going to get hit, and it never hits the padding. But um, you know we've got. <laughs> We've <laughs> it never does. No matter where you have the padding, yeah, it all yeah, yeah. These yep. guys they get they get outfitted with some of the top of the line um, equipment, and every time they get a foul ball, it never bounces off the equipment. But um, at the core, you know, we've got we've got four really good catchers at our core. Um, we've got Caden Hobson who um, came to us from the portal from Arizona. We've got Huck Wathen, who's a local kid from um, Country Day, and then we've got Jocko Kaneski, who's a junior college kid, and we've got. Drew Tyndall, who's a North Carolina kid as well, um, who is a really athletic uh, kid that's kind of starting to come into it. But as a whole, you know, I, I love the group we have of catchers, and I think uh, it's a very strong group. And they, it's a lot of fun to step back and watch those guys work. Um, they're the type of guys that, like, during practice today, like, we're, we're doing things, and it's like, hey, you guys are on your own today. And just stepping back and watching those guys lead themselves through – back picks or blocking recovers or whatever they want to go through that day and take ownership and take pride in their craft. That's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Kind of compared uh, the, the position of catcher, um, sort of like middle linebacker in, 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 you know, football, it's, it's the guy that that's on the field that kind of has to know what everybody else mm-hmm. is doing. Um, some of, some of my favorite things, one of my favorite things to do is to watch a game with somebody that's played catcher, right? Because they see stuff that that yeah, they they pick up on things that you may not necessarily know. Like when you're watching a game with a catcher from the stands, they'll they'll probably tap on the shoulder like, "Hey, that guy's about to steal," and you're like, "How how does he know that?" Well, he hasn't twitched at all, and now he's twitching. Or you'll you're you'll sit there with a catcher and be like, "Ah, this pitcher's done." How do you how do you know? 
Well, you can see his his heart rates up and he's sweating profusely. Like there's just <laughs> there's different things that that catchers pick up, and a lot of it is because the view they have. Um, and truthfully, I mean, catchers have their hands in every aspect of the game. They have their hands in the pitching side, the defensive side, the run control side. So our catchers, I mean, they sit in offensive meetings, they sit in catchers meetings, they sit in pitchers meetings, they sit in all of them. Um, so they they really kind of have a full idea of what's happening on the field at all times. And just as the cherry on top, I mean, Crash Davis has most of the good lines in Bull Durham, doesn't he? I mean, he doesn't have them all, but he has a lot of them. He does. He does. You know, he's 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 hands down my favorite character in the movie. Oh well, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it, it's no question. Yeah. And the fact that like, the fact that he's a catcher is just it just makes it all better. Yeah. So so did you? Uh, you know, at what point? How old were you when you first became a catcher? How so, old were you when you curled? So college? my catching story is funny. Um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll share that with you guys, but we won't tell anyone. I was, I was the kid in little league where the coach brought the, the burlap sack out of the field threw the gear on the field and was like, Hey, who wants to play? I was like, I do. And they're like, all right, well, you have to catch. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll catch. And then it just kind of continued to happen. And it just kind of fell in love with the position. Um, it was just one of those things where I never really learned a second position because I always wanted to catch. Um, I, I remember growing up and I remember my dad was, we're in high school and he goes, Hey, I, I'm sorry. You never learned a secondary position. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that a secondary position was important at all. You didn't know other people did that. I didn't, was like, okay, well the shortstop's a shortstop. <laughs> he doesn't know how to play anything different. But, um, so we started, we started experimenting at first and that went okay. It was able to play it at a college level at a decent level. But, um, I was just a kid that I wanted to play in every game and, Whenever the coach asked, hey, who wants to catch and you'll play? I was like, yeah, I'll do it because not too many kids wanted to catch. The kids go the other way. Yeah, they're like, no, no, no. And then um, I played I played at Mara, uh, Matthews Recreation Association, and my brother played there too. And when I got done playing there, they uh, the coach that I played for tried the experiment with my brother as well. And it didn't go very well because he'd catch the ball and look the opposite way. And after three games, him getting hit in the back of the head on a foul ball, I was like, yeah, this probably isn't going to work out real well with him. So, But, yeah, it's 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 not something I, I showed at the ballpark my first day. And I was like, I want to be a catcher. And I was I was the typical young kid that wanted to be the shortstop and, and the pitcher and hit leadoff, but wanted to play. So I just always – I always grabbed the catching gear. and was like, yeah, I'll do it. Matt, Maddie played catcher when she was in her her yeah. illustrious softball. Career. Yeah, but well, she was one of the kind of the same way you said she was uh, when she started catching. She was like one of the only girls on the team that wasn't afraid of the ball. Yeah, so it's <laughs> just wound up by the plate. It's amazing how much the position has changed just since I got done playing. It's it's total the way we the way we teach receiving the way we talk about catching the way catchers are. Are utilized and prioritized now is just completely different. Yeah, much more valuable as far as yeah, and I think and back there catching the ball, you're yep. actually working working the strikes. Hundred percent. We call it manipulating the baseball. Manipulating. We want to manipulate the baseball. So framing the guy behind us that it, we want to manipulate it to so that it looks like a strike whenever he sees it. But I remember growing up, it was just catch it where it's pitched. Even even in college, a little bit, it was like catch it where it's pitched. Don't let it pass you. Yeah, like catch it straight out. You're going to turn your glove. You're going to catch the outside part of the baseball, and um, it's completely different. And um, 
data collection has been has been kind of a large leader of that. It's it's a science now. It's yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I remember growing up. I mean, you had you had guys like Piazza behind the plate who who caught the baseball and kind of threw guys out, but he hit tanks and he hit for high average. And now it's you've got guys back there who are career two hundred thirty. 230 hitters are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, their value is behind the plate. Yeah, because of because of the amount of pitches they steal, they control the running game and everything they do that has nothing to do with their offense. They're going to be they're going to be Hall of Famers and it has nothing to do with their bat. I mean, Yadier Molina is a great example of that. I mean, when you think of Yadier Molina, no one ever thinks of Yadi with a bat in his hand. They think of him behind the plate. Um, same thing with Salvador Perez and so many other catchers. It's like those guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame because of what they do behind the plate. I remember listening to these guys talk. Just, I mean, it's just been a couple of years, and somebody started talking about, "Oh yeah, well, what's his pop time?" Mm-hmm. I said, "I'm, you know, I'm trying to play along like I know what's going on, but I'm actually on my phone googling <laughs> pop time. What is that? Uh, it's catching. It's a science. It, it certainly is, and like I said, it's it's a special position because you you can't have all your screws fully screwed in to do it. Um, <laughs> It takes a special person for sure. You got to be tough, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, these guys they get they get banged up throughout the course of a game. So let's talk a little baseball. Okay. Um, a little more recent baseball <laughs> about that. So uh, last weekend, um, big three game series, Western Illinois comes in here, and and we we talked about it beforehand. We're not going to get too deep in the in the stats because if we start. If we start listing off impressive stats from this weekend, we're going to be here for a while, offensive and defensively. Um, but big weekend, Niners get the sweep. And um, it, it's worth noting that uh, our what we would think of as the, the lineup that we really are trying to get in the game was finally together uh, on Saturday. And the result was, uh, oh, I don't know, how many runs was it, Kevin? They scored 49 runs. Well, 49 runs over two days. The game notes. Oh, yeah, 49 runs over the weekend, 29 of them on Saturday. So, like, fill us in. (laughs) Tell us us what happened last weekend, Tyler. (laughs) How did this go down? You know, you you alluded to it. You know, the the lineup was kind of clicking on all cylinders. The guys were seeing the ball well. Um, It was really good to see Josh McDole back in in the lineup, you know, getting – Getting, um, I I write the uh, when Coach Woodard brings the lineup card down. I'm kind of uh, the lineup card guy, so I'll write the lineups in um, after he kind of um, solidifies them. So once we get the box scores and everything, where the the pregame uh, sheet that Joe brings us, I'll write it onto the game card. And it felt really good to write Josh Madol's name in the lineup and and see those guys do what they did. It was a lot of fun. So when we see those lineup cards mm-hmm. displayed in various places, or a mm-hmm. guy gets like kind of, I don't know if you can call it player of the game, but he gets the lineup card. That's your handwriting. So typically how it works is Coach Woodward will write our side in. Um, if he gets the lineup in time, he'll write the opposing side in. But if not, I'll write the opposing side in. And then the changes throughout the game, that's that's my handwriting. Yeah. I feel like that's – you just learn. People just learn something right there. I yeah. just learned something. Yeah, and right I actually, when Coach Wood, when I first got the job, Coach Wood was like, "Hey, you're going to kind of be the bench coach." And um, and I don't know even know if he knows this, but he was like, "Yeah, you're going to be kind of the bench coach in charge of the lineup card." And I was like, "Okay." So I spent like it two hours at night researching MLB lineup cards and like what the dots mean and how they keep track of who made the last out. And um, 
Joe Madden actually has got a, there's a pretty good article on Joe Madden and his lineup card, which I've read probably a few times at this point, And just, I researched a lot of different MLB cards and how those bench coaches in the MLB manage the game card. So that helped me out a lot. I had to find it. That, that's it. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you look at the, the, the lineup cards and there's Jimmy Touchstone said it. They tell a story. They do. And there's, there's some games. I know um, the Saturday game, there was a lot going on in it. There, <laughs> there's a lot going on. There's a lot of changes. There's a lot of substitutions. And um, it's, it's, it's something fun. Coach Bicknell kind of kids around all the time. He'll get near the lineup card and then I'll be coming to write something. Goes, oh, sorry. I'm in your, I'm in your way for your lineup card. I'll move. <laughs> Uh, that that's very interesting because I mean I, I know this and he's he, he's sitting over there pretending like we're not talking about him but but I mean Woody Woody views lineup cards just like they're like works of art yeah yeah you know and ever since we started giving them out to the guys um, you take pride in every every letter you write because it's like hey this the plan is for us to win and the plan is to give this to somebody and they're gonna frame it and have it in their office or living room or man cave one day and they're ultimately gonna get asked about it hey what is this. And um, they're, you're exactly right. They tell a story. They tell a story 100% because they're going to look back at that lineup card and they're going to remember that day and they're going to be able to go through every at bat, um, every pitcher that came into the game. So it's uh, it's it's unique. And um, I don't I don't know of any other teams that do it. I, I'm sure there's some other teams that do it. I know they do it at the big league level. They give mm-hmm. it to fans or or players on significant nights. So um, I think I think it's something. It's a really unique tradition we have here, and, I, and and the guys love it. Yeah, it's really cool. We ran into to Michael O in the in the parking lot last weekend, and uh, he was carrying, yeah, carrying lineup cards. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Go ahead. I, no, go, go ahead. <laughs> well, I just say I. We, I know we, we got sidetracked. We can, we can no, get back no, to that's the awesome. Game. That's that's what we love doing. Um, so as far as last weekend goes, a uh, couple of things. We uh, again. Uh, multiple stories coming out of the weekend. Um, one of them, I thought, was uh, the fact that um, uh, Will Lancaster went from leaving the game early the weekend before uh, to coming back on Sunday, and he pitched a gym uh, on Sunday. So, one, you know, we were all tweeted something about it. We were, you know, you know. Wine rewind a week back, and we're thinking, "Oh my gosh, is Will is Will okay?" And now, last uh, last weekend, we were going, "Are the batters okay?" <laughs> <laughs> and the answer was probably not. Yeah, and I think that's a true testament to Will and, and the type of resilience resiliency he has. You know, when he went down, he came in the dugout. I kind of I usually like, I like to give them their time. You know, if they come out of the game, um, especially for something a rolled ankle or whatever, and um, I went to him at the end of the game and. After I talked to him, I was like, yeah, he's pitching next weekend. There, nothing's going to keep him off the mound. And, uh, man, he came out, and you're exactly right. He, he pitched an absolute beautiful game. So, and I'm going to give you a chance to talk about, about uh, catching here, the catchers here in a second. But um, one, one thought I was having today is we were kind of doing some prep work here. Um, the, the folks that follow the team know we have we have so many guys that can get the job done, and uh, for obvious reasons, we end up talking about a, a lot of guys kind of over and over again because, well, because they make you talk about them. Um, but let's just let's just take a minute, Kevin, and just can can we just can, can we just have like a a Jack Dragon appreciation moment here because this dude he kind of like what you were saying with Josh. He's so the routine plays. 
He's so good at what he does that it, you almost take it for granted. It almost disappears what mm-hmm. he's doing when you realize the one play he made uh, was that that was Purdue, the Purdue game. Last mm-hmm. one play, the way he played, I'm still thinking about it. He was behind Furman yeah. at third, going away from the bag. He not only makes Gardner the play, Gardner Webb. You're right, and he made this play over here. And I mean, he he makes. That was one of the spectacular plays that he made, but there, there's any number of plays that he makes on a game-to-game basis out here at short that he just makes it look easy. Yeah. I um, I keep a chart of opposing team sprays, and I find myself a lot of time going ahead and writing 6-3 down before the play even is done because <laughs> it's just that type of player. You know, it's just like, you know, okay, it's hit the jack. It's going to get made. And then on the other end, offensively, um, Hell, this this Saturday he uh, he he outscored Western Illinois on his own five to four, so he yeah, he had a he had a heck of a day at the plate. Um, been hit the ball well this this season, uh, including a grand slam. Grand, yeah, yeah, grand slam. What uh, he's got batting three forty one on the season, um, with nine ribbies so far. So um, doing it on both sides of the yeah. Field. He was he was hot that day. You know, I think it was like every time he stepped from the box, it was like all right, something cool is going to happen here. Yeah. He's going to hit the ball really hard somewhere. I, I was just thinking about that today. Is like you know, kind of getting ready for the show. It's like you know, we just need to we just need to have a Jack Dragon moment <laughs> on the show. I mean, and, and and you know, wherever wherever Ginger's at out there, you know, Ginger always likes everything on Twitter, and especially if it's if it's related to Jack Dragon. So there you go. There's our Jack Dragon appreciation moment. I mean, dude, dude had a he's, he's having he's having a season so far. Um, and, and this will be this will be kind of tied into what where uh, your area of expertise. But um, we saw and we've talked and coming into the season about Caden Hobson and what he was doing and what he was bringing to the table and catching in Omaha. Um, but in addition to Caden, we're we're kind of in a uh, seems like we're kind of in a two catcher situation now because Huck Wathen is kind of he's kind of come out of the dugout and and. Uh, well, he's, he he kind of refuses to to be denied a little bit. I yeah. guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, you um, know. Talk a little bit about that that process because he he has certainly come on. Yeah, you know, Huck is Huck's another. Um, I know he's not he wasn't born and raised in Charlotte, but he's been here long enough to be considered a local, and he comes from deep baseball roots as well. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad being a big league coach and. Huck spending a lot of time growing up catching in spring training and going to his going with his dad to. Two games and those practices. Um, so he's another another kid on the team that has grown up around the game. Um, truly been immersed in baseball his whole life. And um, the really the really cool thing about Huck is, um, as a freshman, you know, starting a game is never easy. Going into a game for your first game, it, a lot of times it's like you have to remind him, "Hey, you've done this for a long time. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay." And um, I remember when when Huck got his first nod, and I was just told Huck, and I said, "Hey, you've been playing the game for a long time." He goes. I'm good. I said, "All right, man, let's roll." And so we uh, we went down to the bullpen, and we um, he knocked out his uh, kind of pregame catching routine that that each of our catchers have kind of set for themselves. Um, just kind of watch them execute that and um, talk to them pregame about any questions about they have about their lineup, whether it's where in their lineup are the runners, who are the runners, who are the bunners. Um, but Huck was, Huck was ready to go. Um, and you know, I think I think the fall was was really tremendous for him. I know he uh, he kind of got banged up there in the fall for a little bit, but being able to be around Caden and being around the group of catchers that we have, you know, mm-hmm. they 
a lot of times when they're doing their drills and they're executing the daily plan, they are, it's kind of open discussion. You know, I just, I kind of stand back and just let them go. And um, I think, I think that's been, it's been really good because guys are able to hear what Huck has to say or what has Caden has to say or Jocko or, um, or Drew. And um, they all kind of bring a lot of things to the table and we're able to just kind of mesh it into the style of play you're seeing on the field now, but um, Huck can, Huck can do a lot of things really well. You know, he's got he's got a bazooka behind the plate. Um, he throws the ball really well, and um, he's been been a lot of fun to coach and work with. Fun weekend of baseball at the Hayes, Kevin, and, and continued on into into uh, Tuesday with uh, with Longwood, another Niner victory, won that one eight four. Um, Kind of a kind of a thing going. It feels like uh, feels like the boys are kind of getting it together and kind of getting clicking here at the right time. Kind of getting in a routine uh, going into week four here. Um, had a couple weeks of midweeks and and now that during spring break, so they're getting a little little downtime. Yeah, uh, heading. They into, just get to play ball. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's the best part of the year. Besides, until we get to the end of the year when classes are completely yeah, done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got a big week, big weekend coming up. Um, playing uptown at Truist. Against App State, and then come to the Hayes for two more. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, what we can look for uh, from the series this weekend. Well, first off, I mean, getting getting to play at Truist is is pretty awesome. It's a twenty minute bus ride uptown, and you get to play in arguably the best minor league ballpark in the country with, like what you said, the second best backdrop to the Hayes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but um, I remember my first time going to Truist, and it was one of the first ballparks I ever walked into and been like struck um, I, i've been to night's games before but when you walk out of the tunnel onto the field it's got a little bit of a different feeling um it's always pretty cool when you when we hit bp typically the sun is out you know with a six o'clock start we usually hit bp i think around three o'clock so the sun's out then our guys they'll go back in for like a, a pre-game meal that the night supply for us and um we come back out to get ready for io it's kind of that dusk and the the sun's hitting off the the buildings back there and you're like Wow, I would, I could get used to being a minor leaguer playing in Charlotte. I, I'd probably just be like, "Hey, I'm, I'll be a career AAA ball player. I'll, I'll be fine." You are not the first person to say that. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it, it, <laughs> we've had some actual minor leaguers say yeah, that. Yeah, out of out of all the minor league locations across the country, it's kind of like cream of the crop if you get if you get to go to Charlotte. You're like, yeah, this is this is pretty good being compared to being in the middle of nowhere. Wherever, but also then we get to go back. Then we get to come back to the Hayes for two games, um, continuing the home stand we've had, which has been awesome. Um, fans have been great. The student section has been awesome. Shout out to the student section. You guys yes. have been crushing it. Um, hope you guys will be out here again this weekend. I know we've missed you guys on spring break, but I think the guys are ready. The guys are ready to play. You know, they're they're ready to rock and roll. We've got a lot of guys that are going uptown for the first time and then we've got guys like colby bruce and matt brooks that are going back for their 80th time so um it's you get you get a little bit of a little bit of everything so we've got we've got colby and matt played at crockett park didn't they (laughs) man they're 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 the definition of super seniors so it's pretty cool those guys getting to go back there one one last time and then you've got a you've got a good handful and group of guys that are going getting to go there for the first time um so it'll be a lot of fun. I know anytime you play it uptown, both sides of the ball, teams are ready to go. You know, it's just kind of that. It's got a little bit of a different feeling to it. Um, so 
we're going to get apps best. Our guys are going to rock and roll and uh, looking for, looking forward to a great night at Truist. And then same thing, same thing at the Hayes. You know, we, we tell the guys all the time, Hey, you're going to get every team's best. Mm. Um, and I'm sure app state's going to come in here and we're going to get their best. And I know our guys are there up to the challenge. I just want to take a moment to apologize to, to Matt and Colby. Those, um, eventually we will get tired of making those, those old jokes, but we haven't yet. So <laughs> I don't know when we'll get tired of them when they, at some point they won't be funny anymore, but they still are. So we're going to keep going with it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, this is, it's hard to believe, but this is the last weekend of, of out of, out of conference games before conference USA baseball starts up next weekend. Um, Happened fast. It did. It's it did. amazing how the season flies when it gets here. You get there's all this lead up time to it, and and the fall, and then you get the preseason. And I swear, the longest the longest period of time is when you get back from Christmas break until opening day. You feel like it's like months and months, but then the season starts. Yeah, we feel and, the same way. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then the season starts, and it's like I swear we just we were just in Florida last weekend. Yeah. So it's it's amazing. It's amazing how fast how fast it gets going. But yeah, definitely a good good tune up for for conference play. We played played some good good teams out of conference in our pre conference uh, schedule. Um, I think the Niners will be battle tested going into conference play. For sure, for sure. I know we're not looking too far ahead, but um, you know we're we're looking forward to conference play. But we got to take care of business this weekend. But it, it's pretty amazing that that conference play is is upon us that fast. So apps coming in here, uh, I believe uh, have now for a five and six record. They uh, they just played UNC Wilmington um, last weekend. Uh, I believe they took that series two one up in Boone. Um, so they're coming in. They're coming in feeling. They got to be coming in feeling pretty good. Getting a, getting a series win over over UNC Wilmington. So um, that's uh, including. I think they they walked off uh, Wilmington at one point. I think it was. Uh, they were uh, maybe that was Saturday's game. They were down eleven eight coming into the ninth and ended up taking the W. So um, I think I think what people, uh, as far as fans go, just weekend long, um, it feels like feels like App has improved their their roster some over the off season. So for what we've seen in, in years past. So it's going to be another battle this weekend. So uh, all that is to say, fans, we're really going to need you. To, Students, uh, alumni, just baseball fans, whatever. Put some green on um, and get 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 out here. Um, I think this is usually where I say 704-687-4949 or charlotte49ers.com. However, Friday, you need to go to uh, – what, what is their website? Is it, Knights, is it, baseball Knight, Knights Baseball. Knights Baseball. Charlotte Knights. Charlotte, Google Charlotte Knights. Um, go to their go to their website and um, and get some tickets and come on out. Friday's looking the, the weather for Friday going to be a little little crisp, but Friday's looking much much better from a rain standpoint. It's looking nice. It's looking, I think it's going to be in the mid to low sixties, probably low sixties when game time starts. But bring yourself a jacket. Yeah, you'll be we'll fine. take it. We'll take it. It's going to be a good night. And they and they're bringing the World Series trophy. Uh, the Braves are bringing the World Series trophy that That's night right. to the uh, yeah. part of their trophy tour. See, and there's there's so many Braves fans in the area, and I yeah, I grew up a Braves fan, but you know, in, in way back, but basically was like everybody else because of TBS. But you know, I I don't have that when when they won the I, it's it's not them, it's me. When they won when they won, the, I just don't. Yeah, I've never. I've it didn't never, do it for me. I, I wasn't really into them at this point. <laughs> I've never seen a World Series trophy in person like that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look forward to. That. Oh, I'm down for that. We're we're definitely gonna go see that, right? 
Yeah, but yeah, I know uh, I know the hills are coming, and they're they're bringing they're they're going to be in Niner gear, but but they're bringing brave stuff to put on with to get their picture made with the trophy. That's, <laughs> yeah, two two of our managers, Ethan Kurtz and Bowman, they're they're two really big Braves fans, so they're they're going to be excited for that. Uh, that's cool. I mean, I, that's it's interesting. I I didn't know. I guess I really never thought of that. I, I'm familiar with like I mean the Stanley Cup travels. I, I never really thought about them doing that with the World Series. I had, I had no idea. I, I had think no idea. Be something new. I don't. I mean, hey, I'm here for it. We're gonna go. We're gonna go out and see the trophy. So, folks, get out there. Come see. Come see the Niners. Come see the World Series trophy. Uh, come, come, be, come, and be ready to um, bring your will to win, as right. Woody says, because we're gonna we're gonna need it all weekend long. All right, uh, Coach. We promised you. The last word spot and told you you could talk about anything you wanted to. You could say hello, hello to your wife, your family, whatever you want to talk about. What's on Coach Simmons' mind as we get ready to close this out? You know, I'm going to give my shout-out back to the student section. Uh, they've been great. Would love to see a strong showing of the of the Charlotte students out at the Uptown game. I know we're going to have quite a bit of alumni, uh, Charlotte, alum, Charlotte baseball alumni out there. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, a few of them already reached out to me, let me know they're going to be there. But um, for the Hayes, and when we come back Saturday, Sunday, would love to see the student section back in action over there next to the dugout and and bring bringing the energy and creating the uh, the Hayes magic for us. It's I'm ready for it. This this is one of the but you know uh, Kevin and I've been talking about this series for for a while just because of the in state nature and and you know. Uh, I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll they'll bring some folks out, and uh, particularly on Friday night, and it'll be a good good night for baseball here in Charlotte. But let's do it. All right, folks, we're out of time this week. Look for this podcast wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of new content. You can also find Diamond Diner Report on social media, as always, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but never TikTok. Reach out anytime you'd like. We love hearing from you folks. If you're old-fashioned like us, just say hello at the ballpark. Kevin, producer Brad, Coach Simmons, this has been Nick. We'll see you all first at Truist, but then at the Hayes.